for being an awesome God. You have never given up on us when others have. When others talk about us, you love us. When others hate on us, you forgive us. Father God, we just come to say thank you for another day to live. We thank you for another day to fellowship with other brothers and sisters in Christ. Father God, we thank you for this church anniversary. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for Zion Baptist Church, for you have done many great things through this church. You have used this church to reach out to the community. You've used this church to train pastors. And Father God, we thank you for this church because through this church, they have a new pastor. Pastor Sam Duran, we just thank you for him and his leadership. And Father God, I pray, Lord, that you would allow your Holy Spirit to help people follow him as he follows you with all humility with all love in their hearts in Jesus' mighty name we pray somebody say amen amen amen, amen. happy anniversary Zion happy anniversary you know, I'm reminded, uh, for those of you who don't know, this is my home church. And I'm reminded of that every time I come to Zion. And Brother May reminds me that we helped you go through school, son. And I remember the time where you all would sign up on a list and would take turns to, for me to go to Bible college so I can come back on the weekends to serve here. So I just want to thank God for you. Because you were a part of me getting a college degree. And I thank God for Zion because this church, this is where I started to grow in ministry. Under the leadership of Dr. Cleo Brand. And I thank God for him. And I thank God for you. And I want to thank God for sending me an angel. I just want my wife to wave her hand. Amen. Her name is... Angela Whisker, and that's my angel on earth. She makes me smile. Makes me. Anyway, I'll finish that at home. It's church anniversary. And today I want you to open your Bibles to John chapter 4. John chapter 4, verses 
1 through 30 and verses 39 through 42. I'm not going to read that whole passage. I'll read along as I preach. And I want you all to know today I did come to preach. And uh, when I first started preaching at the age uh, of 19, before I preached my first sermon, my grandmother said, Lonnie, keep it short and sweet. So you don't have to worry about me wearing you out today. But I'm going to talk about what I'm going to talk about. And today I want to deal with the topic, non-traditional methods to build a better community. You may as well get a piece of paper and a pen. Because I hope you write today. How many of you expect things to change? How many of you expect things to change, like when you plant flowers? When you plant that seed, you expect it to what? All right. How many of you, after you've had babies, expect that baby to change? Because when you have a child, you want that child to be healthy, and a good sign of health is when the baby is changing for the better. How many of you expect things to change on your jobs? For the better. If these things, if there's no change involved in these things, that is a bad sign. And we expect a lot of things to change in this world, in our lives, but when it comes to the church, this mic is on, right? When it comes to the church, we have a hard time with this word we call change. You know, there's a joke. Uh, a pastor stood up before the church and he said, Church, when Jesus comes, we are going to be the first to rise. After the service, a member went up to him and said, Brother Pastor, what do you mean we're going to be the first to rise when Jesus comes back? He said, well, the Bible says the dead in Christ will rise first. And my brothers and sisters today, I want you to know that we have some churches that aren't changing. We have some churches that aren't growing. And I'm wondering if they're dying. Because if there's no change, if there's no growth, you're either stagnant or you're dying. And even though there's no spiritual growth, even though there's no financial growth, even though there's no numerical growth, even though there's no life change, can I preach today? We are satisfied with doing the same thing over and over every single Sunday for 50 years because that's the way we've always done it. Today I want to deal with non-traditional methods. To build a better community. Zion, if you want to grow, if you want to change for the better, 
You cannot be afraid of the word change. Some Christians think that changing the methods is a sin. Some Christians think that changing the methods is wrong, but I'm here to let you know today that it's okay to change the, the methods long as you don't change the message. Oh, I got a little bit of help in here today. So to encourage the Zionites, this church anniversary, I'm going to share how Zion can be a church that builds a better community by using seven non-traditional methods that will help you change and grow for the better. Now to some, these methods may be different. These methods may be non-traditional, but I'm getting them from John chapter 4. You see, even though these methods may be different, may be non-traditional to some, or out of the box, it's still in the book. So I need you to do me a favor. I need you to uh, write on your paper methods vertically. M-E-T-H-O-D-S. M-E-T-H-O-D-S. We're going to look at that acrostic today. The first non-traditional method to build a better community is to move to where the people are. Let's look at John chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. It says, The Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had, circle that, he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. My brothers and sisters, I want you to notice the word in verse 4. Jesus had to go through Samaria. Now let me give you a little uh, a Bible history. For the Jews to move from Judea, which was in the south, to Galilee, which was in the north, they had to deal with Samaria, which was in the middle. Now, the Jews at this time, when they traveled, they would go from Judea, and, you know, the quickest, the shortest distance is what? A straight line, right? Well, instead of going through Samaria, because they were half-breeds, half-Jewish, and, 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 and they did not like associating themselves with Jews or with Samaritans, they would go around Samaria. And take the long route. But look at this verse. Jesus moved to where the people were. He didn't do what they traditionally did. Because they did not want to associate themselves with the Samaritans. He went straight through Samaria. It said Jesus had to go through Samaria. Some churches do not like getting out of their comfort zones. 
some churches are so satisfied with doing what's, what's always been done and are missing the blessings that God has for you if you do something that's different. I don't expect too many amens today, but it's okay. Because I'm going to preach like it's my last day on earth. Zion, if you want to build a better community, you need to start moving to where the people are. Don't expect people to always come to you. Don't expect it. But you need to start moving to where the people are. Where are the people? The people are in the schools. Let's start moving to the schools. The people are at events. Let's start going to events. The people are at clubs. Oh, I said club in the church. It's getting hot in here. But you know what? Jesus hung out with people that people didn't associate themselves with. And he went to parties that uh, religious people normally didn't do. And he identified with them without becoming identical. I wish I could preach this thing today. So you don't have to go to the club to act like a fool, but you can go to the club to build relationships. And hopefully reach out to somebody in doing it. But if you really want to start building a better com a community, it's time out to start thinking that everybody's going to fill up this church. Because you don't have enough room in this building for everybody in this city that does not know Christ. So what do we need to do? We need to do what Jesus did. We need to start moving to where the people are. The second non-traditional method to build a better community is to embrace a come-as-you-are ministry. Look at verses 7 through 9. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, She tripped out, y'all. Listen to what she says. She says, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Look at that. Though she was a Samaritan, though she was a Samaritan woman, Jesus allowed her to come as she was. Some churches don't have a come-as-you-are ministry, but some churches have a come-like-me ministry. We are fine when everybody dress like I do. We are fine when everybody talk like I do. We are fine when everybody look like I do. But when somebody is different, when somebody lives in a different neighborhood, when somebody goes to a different school or, 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 or different place, we think we got to uh, put our noses in the air and act like we all good. And when they walk in and they smell funny, I have alcohol on their breath, and they, 
dress differently. We look at them like they're crazy. Can I preach this thing today? We need to embrace a come-as-you-are ministry. I might get happy in a minute. Embrace a come-as-you-are ministry like Jesus. When you look at the ministry of Jesus, I dare you to read the Gospels. Because you will get messed up if you act like a Pharisee. I dare you. Because Jesus broke the mold. Jesus was radical. Jesus had a mission. And he did not allow legalistic religious folk to get in his way. So let me talk to my friend and Pastor Duran over here. You keep following the mission that God has called you to do. And when folk act crazy, when folk want to act the fool, when folk want to act all religious, you keep following God. Because that's who you got to answer to. I wish I had an amen. There you go. <laughs> I had to talk to my buddy there. Embrace a come as you are ministry. When people walk in, this is how you can do it. Allow people to be themselves. Didn't you dislike it when you grew up and your mom and dad or, you know, compared you to your brother or sister? And you had to live up to their expectations? You just wanted to be you? Allow people to come as they are. Watch this. Create a place where it doesn't matter what they look like, where they come from, or what they're struggling with in life. Jesus came to save the lost. If people can't walk up in the church and get hope, then we got a problem. Because church is more than just looking good in suits. As a matter of fact, it ain't about that. I got five more points to go. So let's move on. The third non-traditional method to build a better community is to take the good news across color, cultural, and class lines. Look at verses 10 through 14. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Look at her response. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and his herds? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Instead, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Despite her background, 
as a Samaritan. Jesus reached out to her. Despite uh, uh, where she came from, what she looked like, Jesus reached out to her and gave her some good news. See, even though he was metaphorically talking about himself as relating, you know, it to, uh, relating himself to the living water, she thought he was talking about something else. But he let her know, you know what, what I can give you, you can have eternal life. So look at what Jesus did. Jesus went through Samaria. He didn't go around Samaria. He went through Samaria. Samaria. He talked to the woman. He reached out to the woman and tripped her out because he was talking to her. She couldn't believe it. And look what's going on. She was not turned off, but she kept wanting more. Because Jesus took the good news across color, cultural, and class lines. Church, we have an issue in church. Some of us say, well, I got to work with them. I don't want to worship with them. So why do I need to reach out to them, whoever them is? You just put a, you know, you fill in what, what, what the them is. Whatever them you're struggling with. I understand that Historically, our nation has not given us a great foundation for multicultural ministry and racial reconciliation. We're still working on that. We've come a long way, but we got a long way to go. But you know what? The time is now to start crossing lines in spite of their race, their, their, their class, no matter what their neighborhood is. No matter where they work, it's time to start crossing lines for Jesus. Because if we want to build a better community, black folk aren't the only ones in this community. That means we have to cross white lines. And I said white lines, right? I'm just making sure. Asian lines and Hispanic lines and Native American lines and Indian lines and stop holding things against people. Think about it. For you to receive the good news of Christ, okay? That good news didn't travel through black folk only. For you to receive the good news and then believe it. Somebody crossed the line. So that you can hear the good news and believe it and be saved. So why don't you do the same thing and take the good news across color, cultural, and class lines like Jesus did. I understand that, you know, just because we're, we're a predominantly black church still does not mean we can't reach out to other people. 
I'm moving on. Reach out to people. Get in the habit of doing this. You got to be intentional. I know we go places where we're comfortable, but once you start going to a grocery store every now and then that's in a different neighborhood, once you start building relationships with people at work or in your neighborhoods who don't look like you, and start building relationships, and you will be amazed on what you can, on how God can use you when you start crossing those lines. So take the good news across color, cultural, and class lines. You know what? Start inviting people of diversity to this church. See, we got two things happening. We understand that Sunday is the main day. But Monday through Friday, you can be inviting people. Not only black, but white, Asian, Hispanic, and everything else. You could be inviting people to this church. Because I know Pastor Sam. And I know he has a heart for all people. And even if there's somebody in here who may not have a heart for all people, this pastor does. And you can, you can bet on it that he will not make them feel bad because of the way they look or where they come from. The fourth non-traditional method to build a better community is to have, watch this, I like this one, an attractive approach. Look at this, verse 15. The woman said to him, Sir, after Jesus started explaining to her about this living water, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty. And have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus is, that's a smooth brother. He can really reach out to people, can he? Look at what Jesus did. Even though he was, he had such an approach that was attractive that kept her asking questions. And look at what it didn't do. It did not turn her off from Jesus like some of us can. I'm glad I got amen, Brother Mayo, now. I pre- you, you keep them coming now. Have an attractive approach. She was interested. Some churches... Don't put the time and planning or preparation to have an attractive ministry. We are in an age of technology. And it's constantly changing and upgrading. But when it comes to the church, we don't want to upgrade. We don't want to change. Instead of having an iPod approach, we have an 8-track approach. Instead of having a PowerPoint approach, we have a flannel graph approach. Instead of having a creative approach, we have a mundane approach. Instead of having an approach that's attractive and interesting, 
We have an approach that's mundane, that's dull, that's boring, that's unexciting, that's humdrum. Do I need to go on? And we wonder, where the people at? Why can't we reach out to more people? We got kids dreading to go to church. It's not about being all creative for the sake of being creative. It's about being creative for Christ. We are, we, like it or not, we are faced with technology, this technology age. I mean, you've got games uh, 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 and systems that can do things that would just blow some of your minds. And then we expect kids to come to church and sit down and color. I mean, that's cool and gravy for a, t- for a time. But when you can and when you have the resources, why don't you start putting some money into some technology, into some multimedia, into a better sound system? Invest in things that's really going to bring the word of God to life and hit home. Reach out to people in a way that will cause them to be interested instead of uninterested. The fifth non-traditional method to build a better community is to offer the truth in love. Verses 16 through 18. He told her, go call your husband and come back. There go Jesus again. He just got away with words. She said, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw. He says, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right. You low down, dirty. That's not what he said. But we call people that. When, when other people have sin issues, we look down on them. We make fun of them. We talk about them. We forget where God brought us from. We forget how he changed us. We forget how dirty we were. Can I finish reading the scripture? I just had to stick a pin there for a minute. You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands. And the man you now have is not your husband. He is all up in her business. And look at what Jesus said. What you have said, what what you have just said is quite true. (laughs) He didn't put her down. And because we got children to hear, you know, he didn't call her a certain names that we call people after church. I'm at home, y'all. I can talk about what I'm talking about. If you want to 
build a better community. Start being concerned about people instead of condemning people. Start loving people instead of lashing out on people. Start healing people instead of hurting people. So I encourage you to offer the truth in love. The truth hurts. But if you offer the truth in love, people will receive it. And if they don't receive it, you can say, and you can say to God, I've offered it in love. And my heart was right. When people commit sin, offer the truth in love. When people aren't living the way they should, offer the truth in love. When people struggle with different things in life, offer the truth in love and stop turning people off. We are turning people off from the church and from Jesus mostly by the way we treat them when they fail. I'm glad I got three amens up in here. The sixth non-traditional method to build a better community is don't exclude others from receiving the truth of Christ. Don't exclude others from receiving the truth in Christ. Look at verses 19 through 24. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Because she's like, you all up in my business. <laughs> Man. Verse 20. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit. And his worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. Even though the Samaritans were in theological error and the Jews were the vehicle that Jesus, the Savior of the world, would come from, he still reached out to her. And she was able to receive the truth. Some Christians actually exclude others who are in doctrinal error from receiving the truth of Christ. Prime example. When, there's, when they press the doorbell on Saturday... Some of us duck and dodge the Jehovah Witnesses. We don't help them receive the truth. You see, Jesus also informed her that a time was coming after he died and rose, that a new order of worship was coming and God's desire would be for true worshipers to worship him in spirit and in truth through Jesus Christ, who John 14, 6 says, the way, the truth, and the life. 
He gave her the truth, even though she was in theological error as a Samaritan. Some of us make fun of people who are standing on the corner in a tuxedo selling a bean pie and a Final Call newspaper burning up in the summer. We make fun of people in the nation of Islam. Some of us make fun of people in different religions rather than reaching out to them so they can receive the truth of Christ. And if we want to build a better community, it's time for us to start going to Bible study. It's time for us to start doing Bible study on our own. It's time for us to start learning how to back up the faith and stop saying it's because my pastor said it. But I'm telling you this because I know the truth. And I've looked it up myself. It's time to start studying about the Christian faith and learning how to back it up so you can help people when they come to your door and reach out to them for Christ. You don't even have to walk out the door. You can just open it up and say, come on in. When you get done sharing about your, uh, uh, your uh, 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 pamphlets and stuff, your religion, I got a couple of questions myself. We got people coming to us. And we ducking into, oh, tell them I'm not home. <laughs> Kids lying. My mama ain't home. Five years old. Think about it. We got people coming to our houses, to our doors. Do you get that? You, you can have your pajamas on. And reach out to people for Christ. And build a better community. All you got to do is walk five steps. It's time to stop ducking and dodging. And start delivering the truth for Christ. The seventh non-traditional method to build a better community. Is to start using friendship evangelism. Look at this in verses 25 through 26. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Look at this. This whole conversation is friendship evangelism. What's evangelism? Evangelism is sharing the good news of Christ. What's friendship evangelism? Friendship evangelism is a friend telling another friend about the friend. It's not looking down on a person, but looking at the person, building a relationship with the person, and eventually finding an opportunity to reach out to the person. Because Jesus built a good relationship with this woman, she was receptive to the truth that he was the Messiah, the Savior of the world. If you want to build a better community, Zion, start building relationships with people. You go to Walmart, build relationships. 
You build relationships and you don't even know you're building them. You know the woman at the mall who checks you out every week. Ask God to use you to find an opportunity to present the truth, the good news of Christ. That he died and he rose and he wants to save them. Some churches use the hellfire and brimstone method. Which I don't believe works. Some people use a legalistic method, making people think they got to work for their salvation. You know what? I dare you to use the form approach. F-O-R-R-M. To help you with friendship evangelism, use the form approach. Ask questions about their family. Talk about their occupation. Talk about what they do for recreation. Ask them what you know, religion they're in, what spiritual beliefs they have. And then the M is the message. And you'd be amazed on how you can build relationships with people when you use the form approach. Because you're not going to them and saying, hey, brother, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? You don't? Well, you need to get right. <laughs> is that attractive? I mean, I don't know. I don't think that's a good representation of what Christ would do. When you look at this chapter, Jesus had friendship evangelism. And kids, what are kids? All the kids, wave your hand. Wave your hand. You can do it too. Because you all are great at building relationships on the playground. You all build relationships so well that the adults need to take some notes. And adults... We need to learn from the kids today. Amen. This is why. They reach out to people. They cross the color cultural and class lines. They're good with diversity. And they don't mind change. As a matter of fact, they don't want to be locked up in a room too long. They, they need some change. I need a person to do me a favor. Where's Jonathan? Jonathan, where are you, buddy? Jonathan here? I'm sorry. I, I need a youth to read a passage. You ready? I, I need, you know what? Use my Bible. We're going to close with this. When you start using friendship evangelism, you're going to see a better community being built. And something like this will happen. Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with the woman. But no one asked, what do you want, or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town and made their way toward them. Verses 39 through 42. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. 
and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. Then they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man is really the Savior of the world. Amen. Zion, let's build a better community. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I heard it from the junior deacon. Zion, let us build a better community. Uh, we should all be like that Samaritan woman. If you heard the good news of Jesus Christ, you should go and tell somebody else so that they too can come and say, I too know that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. I understand that he can change my life. There may be somebody here that, that have not experienced that, and, and I can't tell you for yourself. I just want you to taste and see how good God really is. He can change your life. With your mouth, you can confess Jesus Christ as Lord and believe that he died on the cross and rose again on the third day. And you can see how the Holy Spirit will fill you up and start speaking to you, saying, you don't want to do this anymore, but you now want to follow Jesus. You'll leave like the Samaritan woman realizing that I can change. I, I, I came there living with many husbands, but now I want to follow Christ. Was it that you need to leave behind? Was it that you need to change so you too can build a better community? That you can build up your own personal life and build up those lives around you. So when you walk home to your house, you feel safe. When you go back home and go to sleep, you go back in a peaceful bed. When your children come home, they come to a peaceful house. Why? Because Christ is involved in your life. Jesus said that for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whomsoever believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So if that's you, you want to give your life to Christ. You want to experience and live for eternity with him in heaven. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, that Jesus Christ is Lord and risen from the dead, you shall be saved. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Right now, here's the opportunity for you right now. If you've, if you've died, if you have, you're not sure if you're to die today, if you can spend eternity in heaven, if you're not sure, if you're not sure right now, here's the opportunity for you to make this decision right now. Just, we want to lead you in this prayer. If you're not sure if you're to die today and you're to spend eternity in heaven, I want to lead you in this prayer saying, Dear Lord Jesus, that's right, dear Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose again from the grave. And Lord, I, I realize I messed up in my life, but I thank you that you have forgiven me. I thank you, Lord, for saving me. I thank you, Lord, for loving me. And Jesus, right now, I invite you to come into my heart and be my personal Lord and Savior. Still with every head bowed, every eyes closed. Right now, if that's you that prayed that prayer for the first time, every head bowed, every eyes closed. If that's you that prayed, for the, prayed that prayer for the first time, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. 
right now, I want to lead you in another prayer. Those that may be looking for a church home, we pray Zion is at home, that, that God will call you here and we can grow together and build a better community. This is our prayer with you. And if that's our prayer, I ask you to pray this with me. Dear Lord, right now, Zion is this place for me to come, for me to grow, to be, for me to be a part of, Father, to help make this community better with the gospel of Jesus Christ, to help build up families and build up individual lives and, and, and help grow children up to be awesome men and women of God, Father. This is the place you want me to be a part of, Father. Bless me today right now with that peace that transcends all understanding and joining this fellowship, Lord, so we can together build a better community. Amen. Still, everybody, rise close right now. Father, we come to you right now, Father, realizing, Lord, that in order for change to happen, Father, Lord, we need to fully trust you. And we need to fully grow, Father. So, Lord, let us not move on emotions. Let us not move on just conditions. But, Father, we want to move in out of obedience to you, Father, Lord. Following you, Father, Lord, and your word about loving one another as you have loved us, Father. Forgiving and forbearing much, Father. Let us grow together and be united, Father, within this community. Have your way, Father, is our prayer. In Jesus' name, let's all say amen. Amen. May we all stand. Hallelujah. Amen. It's okay to clap. Amen. Amen. We stand as we open up the doors of the church. If there's someone today that you decided that this is the day you would join, if someone decided today I've given my life to Christ for the first time, if there's someone here today, we extend our hands to you. The deacons are walking out to walk up with you. We stand up to make it easier for you to move through the pews. If there's someone here today, we extend our hands to you. Is there anybody here today? Amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Is there anybody else? Is there someone else? Is someone else? Praise the Lord. One for the Father. One for the Son. One for the Holy Spirit. You may be seated. Amen. Whosoever will. Whosoever will. Whosoever will, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And God adds on to the church. Hallelujah. 